0: You're listening to CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from unceded Musqueam Territory in Vancouver. It's the Arts Report. Hello, guys. This is our first show of the year, and already we already have such great things around the corner for 2017, especially here in Vancouver because we are all about local arts. We hope everyone had a wonderful uh, holiday season. 2016 is over now, you guys. People can celebrate 2017. Sounds good. Sounds good. We have with us two awesome guests. What's up, Jake?
1: You know, my problem with the whole "2016 is over" thing is that we don't know 2017 is going to be better.
0: I think we need to have hope, though.
1: Yeah, you know, we need to have hope, but then you know you got to get rid of the first. Everything else comes out of Pandora's box first. Yeah. Like we got a lot of bad stuff. Well, but it already came t- out.
0: Like that's all. 2016 was the box. It was all the things, the terrors.
1: Yeah, and then you find somebody unscrewed the paint at the bottom, and you're like,
0: man. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Then is it really a box if it doesn't have a bottom?
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know at that point. yeah, uh, Interesting interesting mythological conundrum there.
0: I know. Anyway, we That's have we wonderful we guests, are. as you can tell. Uh, this show is being hosted by Ashley Park and also Jake Clark. But we have wonderful guests here to talk with us about the uh, – Brave New Playwrights Festival, uh, producer Megan Andres, and associate producer Lisa Lafferty. Hello, guys. Thank you so much for coming to the show. No problem. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for being here. So first off, right off the bat, you guys are producers. This is Brave New Playwrights. This is the 31st year. I know last year was the 30th anniversary. This is 31st. So a new chapter again. Another year. Maybe we'll go up to 60. Mm-hmm. I would hope so. I think we will wonderful stuff. Let's talk about this year. Let's talk about Brave New Playwrights. What's happening this year?
2: Well, uh, this is Liesl. Hello, That's Megan over there. Hello. you didn't hear me say hello. Uh, this year, as always, fabulous plays, 10 of them. Uh, it's a requirement for a couple of our courses in the creative writing department mm-hmm. to write 10-minute plays. Everybody hands them in, and then we decide. Some of them get full productions, and some of them get just stage, I shouldn't say just stage reading, mm-hmm. fabulous stage readings. Fabulous. So there's uh, 16 plays for the stage readings, 10 for the full productions, and they go on in a weekend in, in March.
0: Mm-hmm. The staged readings are on March 19th, and the full productions are on the 23rd and
3: 26th of March. 23rd to the 26th, yeah. yeah. All at Studio 1398 on Granville Island. It's a beautiful venue. It uh, seats about 120.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've actually been to a Brave New uh, last year. Really nice, like, intimate kind of stage, too, for people who want to feel like they're really close to the action, you really are, literally. And uh, I'm really kind of like looking over what's going on. It seems really awesome. You guys are the producers. That means you guys must have put it all together. How does producing a play festival kind of work?
2: Well, you know, one of the cool things that's happening this year is they have the op, Res students, which I didn't know what that meant, and that means mm-hmm. some people are taking full courses uh, via the internet. So, we actually had a couple, of, there's a whole class of playwrights mm-hmm. uh, that are doing it over on the web, and uh, two of them are actually participating this year. So, one of them is they both flying in from Toronto, mm-hmm. at least one of them is we'll in Toronto, off, yeah. uh, to see the opening night of their place. So, that's uh, that's pretty fun too. So, that's something that, that's new at the festival, but how we come about doing it, I'm gonna defer to Megan in just one second, but I'll set it up by saying we basically collect those plays and Mm -hmm. then we just start to decide uh, a jury separate from producers because we're also artists that are involved in the festival. Mm -hmm. A separate jury decides which play is going to go into which category. And then Megan, why don't you tell us some more of the stuff that we have to do to prepare.
3: Well, I'll just start off a little bit about uh, who who we are, what we do, and how we come to have our position. So this uh, producer Mm -hmm. is a student position. It's a work learned position, um, kind of teaching us how to put together a festival. So there's a lot of uh, things that are in place already, uh, such as the structure of the festival. So um, this year, what we do is uh, we had adjudicators come in to Mm -hmm. uh, adjudicate the plays just because... um, and Liesel has a play in it. Ashley didn't say, but she had a play oh, in the festival last year. Oh, what me? Come on! Ah, <laughs> uh, she wasn't just at the festival. I was um, at the festival. Yeah. So, uh, because there's there's so many technical things that we're in charge of, mm-hmm. getting the venue, hiring all of the personnel, um, we brought in adjudicators uh, who are our producers, our main producers. Last year, last yes. year, I was the associate. So Sasha Singer, Wilson, and Ramon Escovil. I never pronounce it right. Um, They Mm -hmm. adjudicated and selected the 10 plays and then the 16 stage readings. So that's kind of out of our purview. Of course. Uh, But uh, what we do is we um, hire all of the lighting crew, Mm -hmm. the stage managers, the sound designers. We uh, pick the venue. uh, We set up auditions. We do all of the juggling that makes something like this actually happen. (laughs) Yes. So I'm really good at circus work.
2: It's uh, very administrative. It's just lots and lots of organization and communication Mm -hmm. and the back and forth and a lot of that kind of stuff.
3: For something
0: like Brave New, which has such a huge history, especially with uh, UBC Creative Writing Department, when do you guys usually start planning for the festival? The
3: year before it happened. Really? Um, well, so so the way that this position works because this is a work learn, and yes. the MFA is usually about a two year position. Mm-hmm. Um, both Liesel and I are MFAs in creative writing and theater, so uh, we get the we get the. Job Like, we have to apply for the job, and we get hired for the job um, but the year before. So then you come in as an associate producer, mm-hmm. um, and then the next year you kind of slide to be the main producer. Um, I forget the question. She
2: started the year before. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So when we came in the first week, we mm-hmm. started then. I went and met with uh, Megan, and so at the very very first thing in September. And, mm-hmm. of course, on the list of people that we were talking about, let's not forget uh, Sarah Grafe, who oh, was yes, our... Yeah. Uh, is our faculty uh, representative and she does she's involved in all of this work as well
3: yeah but the reason I say the year before is we have to book all of the venue we have a post-mortem after the festival yeah. um, in April so basically during that postmortem we're like hey what didn't work uh, what can we fix for next year so it's a constantly uh, evolving festival as mm-hmm. we kind of um, look at the needs of uh, the the program as well as the theater community because we went from being on campus uh, three years ago we moved onto Granville Island so we're, we're mm-hmm. starting to get more of a voice in the community as well
0: and how many I guess my question is since you mentioned working with Brave New before what are your experiences with Brave New if maybe not as a producer but as an artist
2: Well, for me, uh, I moved to Vancouver many years ago. Mm -hmm. Let's just round it off to many. (laughs) And when I arrived as a young director, I looked in the Georgia Strait, and sure enough, there was a want ad Brave New Playwrights at the University of British Columbia. So out I came. I had actually worked on... Brian Wade is also a professor who founded the festival, and he's still with us uh, in the program and supervising. Somewhere along the line. <laughs> and uh, I had actually known Brian from, uh, I was in one of his plays in university, which is also oh, wow. kind of fun. Oh, yeah. world. And then, uh, so I came here and saw the ad in the paper and immediately came out and I did Brave New for two years as a director.
0: As a director? As a director. I m- see. Many years ago. How does how does your position as a director shaped you in becoming a producer? Do you think that it has helped you in any way? Uh, or, or being associate producer, what are some like is the first time that you're being an associate
2: producer it's the first time i'm associate producer here but ah, as a theater I artist see. in the world mm-hmm. i had this great um and as a part of many educations where you i learned costumes and set and lighting and sound mm-hmm. and sure enough when i went out there in the world i had to use all of those skills so in order to do our art sometimes mm-hmm. we have to do all the admin and producing work so it's just a, the nature of the piece. i've always produced i see
3: Well, what about you, Megan? You said you had some experience with Brave New... Uh, yeah, and I have quite a bit of, um, I'm from Winnipeg, and so mm-hmm. I have my theater company, Broken Still Productions, there. And I, I see. for that, mm-hmm. I have to coordinate the venue and uh, sometimes the rights, or sometimes I'm writing for the shows, coordinating with the actors mm-hmm. and all of that. So um, I have quite a bit of experience uh, producing, as well as working with the Winnipeg Fringe Festival as well, which is a huge theater festival as well.
2: So. And it's kind of cool, too, I think, because Megan, and correct me if I'm wrong, she's got a slightly, like, she's a lighting designer, mm-hmm. and she has a slightly. More technical background, I see, and uh, so I think it's kind of fun to bring those two things together in this situation. Because this year, they used to have more producers. This year, we're just there are just the two of us. No, so last
3: year, we had five. Last really? year, there we were five. No, so there are two. <laughs> now so. there are two.
0: Th- that is, that is. I'm gonna be honest, I'm a little baffled. How do you two ladies do it? You said you guys have to like you know set dates for editions. You have to find directors. You have to find all these people
3: like um, um, Megan
2: just does it all so it's <laughs> super easy for me uh, <laughs>
3: wrong it's teamwork it's what, what we what we did this year to make it more feasible um we narrowed uh, last year we had 12 plays yes. um this year we have 10 um we're bringing in stage reading directors last year as the associate uh producer I directed and dramaturged all of the stage reading uh, ones last year. Luckily, Mm -hmm. is so wonderful and experienced at dramaturgy and directing (laughs) that she's taking half of those off my plate. So basically, what we've done is split it down the middle so Mm -hmm. that for the live productions, or the full productions as I like to call them, um, I have five plays that I'll kind of be the producer of, and Liesl will be the producer of those five. And then for the stage readings, we'll split it down the middle, uh, eight plays and eight plays. Um, and then uh, I, I have to learn how to delegate more. <laughs> yeah, she's going to
2: give me some stuff.
3: Yeah, basically. let somebody
0: is interested in, you know, being a part of this festival and, like, the producing job seems really cool. Or they want to kind of, um, I guess, start a play festival. What would be, like, the way to approach it from both of your experiences?
3: well coming from everything a not great just brave question. new a little plug here <laughs> a good plug. way to um, g- get involved in a fest or to start a festival is to get involved in a festival as a volunteer mm-hmm. and to see how things work so you can go to brave new.ca oh? or yeah. uh, email us at brave new playwrights that's rights as in r i t e s and mm-hmm. ask to be a volunteer tell us what you're interested in learning about and volunteer and you can see how things are so that is the best way or volunteer for any kind of uh, Position mm-hmm. to see how it works. That's the best way to start: is to learn and watch others doing it. Um,
2: and the auditions are coming up. And Did auditions you? are coming yeah, up as well. So and, and
3: these are
0: auditions for actors. Yes. yes. Okay. When exactly are they coming up? Um, they are happening on
3: the 20th 20th and 20th. 22nd and the twenty third. That's okay. right. Twenty uh, second, twenty third. Yeah, and you can check out BraveNew.CA mm-hmm. for uh, more information about that, so that I don't have to list everything on that post and
2: the email address will be at brave new dot uh, ca as well but brave new playwrights you forgot the at gmail.com oh part. yeah at yeah, gmail.com yeah, yeah. No, just know that Everybody yeah should it's, be there. it's there but it's really
0: easy for people to um search for it if you are a listener and you're like you know what i kind of want to search it up it's just brave b-r-a-v-e new n-e-u dot ca quite easy and you guys have what you mentioned the addition which is actually right on the main page for people to take a look. And I see some photos, and, and wow, that looks really, really good. <laughs> Last year, dang, that looks amazing. And yeah, Megan has
2: oh, also taken it upon herself to be a uh, webmaster.
0: Oh, oh, really? Yeah, I taught myself how to do websites this wow, year. You guys are producing everything, for real.
2: So it's pretty magical. Uh, you know, by all reports, the website has looked the best uh, that it ever has. So mm-hmm. that's cool.
0: Oh, thanks, Luzel. <laughs> I get to teach her how to do it for next year. So. <laughs> I see, I see. And... Speaking about volunteering at a play festival and seeing how it's done, what, what are your experiences in, you know, in, again, other play festivals and how did you kind of, like, gain that experience and then produce, I guess, Brave New?
3: Well, the first festival that I was involved with uh, was run by Manitoba Association of Playwrights and it was mm-hmm. a high school playwriting festival, so it was very similar to this, except oh, for yes. the difference was that they were high school students and it was a um a provincial contest, so they would put in a ten to fifteen minute plays mm-hmm. um they would get professional directors from the community so the first year uh, first and second year, I was an actor in mm-hmm. those, and then they asked me to direct, so I was a director for eight years um, at that festival and so for that festival, it's like half of what we do for this festival (laughs) well I'd say a quarter of what we do for this festival Mm -hmm. uh, because it was you know just the five plays they didn't have auditions you had to like uh, supply your own actors and so there was a a lot more that you had to do as a director Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to a producer Uh, but that was my experience and so I brought a lot of that you know that Almost, I guess, 10 years of experience kind of mm-hmm. onto this, plus working for um, Sarah's Body Productions FemFest. I was the production mm-hmm. uh, manager and production assistant uh, for three years on that. And then um, also um, just working at the Winnipeg Fringe Festival, so a lot of I see admin experience. Well, what about you, Lisa?
2: I haven't done too much festival producing, mm-hmm. per se, little bits and pieces, but I've been around a lot, lot of professional productions I've been involved with, and I've been involved in the Fringe as an mm-hmm. artist, yes. so you can see how that all works out. And um, I did work, I work with uh, Wedding Theatre, uh, Wedding Collective, which is okay. a group of women playwrights. and. Uh, past couple of years we've produced at bc buds which is at the fire hall art center in the spring so i have that little bit experience but really it's you know just a lot of instincts figuring out this is we need those actors on the stage (laughs) at this time (laughs) and we have to think about everything and we're going to do to get that done so
0: i see and i i guess my um my question would be like if was there any kind of like tips that you would give to somebody who's interested in becoming a producer and how is that very different than you know all the other kind of like Parts of being in a production Well a
2: producer is going to be very sought after because there are many many artists who need help really getting their work done. <laughs> so I think if you go to any of those festivals uh, the fringe festival you can start to get experience um, volunteering they, they probably have gigs as well you know they probably have paid jobs mm-hmm. as well but the demand is high for theater administration <laughs> of any kind so I,
3: see. I, I would suggest uh, being stage manager on a show like starting smaller. Yes. Um. To gain the skills, uh, I, like as Liesl was mentioning, I started out uh, my theater career as a lighting designer, and then I was a <laughs> stage manager, and then I was an actor, and then I was a director. So it's like slowly mm-hmm. just kind of getting more control over the world. <laughs> uh, but what it does is it it Uh, and especially getting some you know backstage experience um because you need to be well-rounded as a producer when you come into something it's easy to say okay we need auditions or we need a set or you know but if you don't know what everybody kind of needs the information Mm -hmm. that they need to do their jobs it's very hard for you to organize it effectively for everyone involved so um just making sure that you know starting small so you know, stage manage a, a French show or, mm-hmm. or or put on some kind of production and just, you know, kind of learn um, those things and then slowly try different jobs just so that you can become more well-rounded as a theater practitioner.
2: And make sure to keep your eye on our website, ca, <laughs> so yeah. that you can volunteer and come and learn from Megan how to produce a festival.
1: Or lizzo. I've got a couple sure. questions for you. Uh, one is, uh, as administrators, uh, what is the relationship like usually with the people who direct the shows?
3: Um, good. I, I'm not <laughs> sure of the question. Like, it, What it is is you have to be open and transparent about what you are giving mm-hmm. and what you expect. Um, it's like any kind of... You know, contract. So what we expect is, you know, them to work with their actors, produce a show, stay within the time limits. Uh, what we provide them with is a space and uh, auditions and all of that information. So you need to keep that communication flow open.
2: But do you mean the, the kind of job that a director does versus the yeah. kind of... Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So sort of a director bad, yeah. is just slightly more... There is art in producing, but uh, the, mm-hmm. the director is responsible for everything that you see on stage. So the uh, producer can say, no, we don't have any money for props. The director does whatever he or she needs to do to substitute or, you know, they can they can bring their own, do their own. But it's a little bit more of the art. They're guiding the actors through the, uh, the script.
1: Okay. And uh, th- th- I have a second question. Uh, is produce how close is producing a play I- in real life to producing a play in the film the producers
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh. listen i if my goal was to every have every show fail <laughs> that sounds like a dream. Um, not as much singing around. I've never <laughs> seen the movie in my life, no. so yeah, it's no. all you. Uh, Do, it's, it's delightful. <laughs> yes, yes. We are that fun, her and I, but, yes. uh... I break
3: a- out into song all the time, so... <laughs> she just tells me to shush. No, I'm just
1: joking. Uh,
2: yeah, I don't know. That's a tricky question. It's definitely a glorified... Uh, trail of producing
1: you, you wouldn't say it's a, it's, it's a true to life account of the crowd
2: well not necessarily yeah. we also don't have to go get money the way beelzebub or whatever his <laughs> name is has to go <laughs> valley stock he goes and gets money and in, mm-hmm. in funny ways we don't actually have to provide the money in this case
1: it, it, does the money come to you then or is that is that ghost to ask guy
3: Uh, It's not gauche gauche (laughs) to ask. Uh, So basically because it is a, um, like we have, like we're funded through the university, it's a work-learned position, as is the festival. So um, we were talking about Brian Wade earlier, and so when he came as a little whippersnapper to UBC 31 years ago, Mm -hmm. he noticed that there was no outlet for playwriting students to see their work. Um, Differently from reading a novel or hearing a poem or hearing a song, uh, there's something about theatre about how Having it in front of a live audience that changes you as a playwright, and it really so, does. Um, mm. and and you grow, you you have to seeing other people, directors, actors interpret your work. It's just an amazing experience. So they didn't have an outlet here. So what he did was create this festival mm-hmm. um, as a, a way for playwrights to learn
2: and experience and that live audience exchange.
3: So <laughs> because of that, it's now a well. Uh, uh, well-established festival. Yeah, um, it's actually the oldest student-run festival in uh, Canada, which is kind of cool. Uh, so, so, yeah, so it comes from... The creative writing department. It's it's part of. It's like uh, with. It's th-
1: part of the budget for yeah. the creative writing department. Yeah. And is it a specific playwriting course in the play r- playwriting department, or is it open to all creative writing students? Uh,
3: we have three courses. It's through courses. There's uh, they just opened it up to the optres, as Lisa was mentioning, mm-hmm. um, which is taught by Stephen Hunt. And then there is a 407 class, mm-hmm. uh, and a 507 class. Uh, one one is the MFA course. One is the uh, BFA or BA. I think bas is going to be in there as well. I'm not sure. Don't quote me. Um, Yeah, and so one of their requirements is to write this play Mm -hmm. um, and either hear it as a staged reading or a uh, full production or see it as a full production.
0: Cool. I think that's a really good question to ask, especially because what we really would want... um, for people who are listening in, is to have that involvement from the UBC community. Mm -hmm. Uh, The reason why, and we're kind of like already spotlighting Brave New so early, is that we have a series (laughs) of wonderful topics that we're gonna be uh, kind of like uh, kind of what is it, encroaching upon <laughs> very like stealthily like little by little but uh right today's topic was about producing a play festival but in the future we're going to talk about auditioning tips if you're an actor and you want to get into a, a theatrical production what do directors you know look for it? and I think we'll have some people who can speak from experience on that just because Vancouver is a very thriving a uh, theatrical kind of like art space of like wonderful people coming in and doing stuff and even other things like you know directing a play and all that kind of. Well, we have an stuff.
1: embarrassment of riches when it comes to the film community. Why? We have a lot of we have a lot of resources. Yeah. We do not have a lot of work. Yeah. Well. To fit these resources. Well. Which is what happens when you depend on trade from south of the border. A little bit.
0: Well, the, that, well all the CW shows film here.
1: That's true. All the all that of them almost. That
0: is true. But. One flavor that'll always be Vancouver's local theater, mm-hmm. and one yeah. flavor that'll always be UBC is brave new playwrights.
2: And I think an exciting thing too is this move uh, to Granville Island has included it in the larger community. But the mm-hmm. fun for the UBC students is, it's. Um, the thing about the festival is there's so many people involved. Yes. It sort of inherently gets audiences. So Vancouver Theatre is sometimes super quiet. Mm-hmm. But to come to the Brave New Playwrights, it's there's very few shows. They're packed because there's so many people. So mm-hmm. it's an ex- kind of an exciting UBC thing to do as well. So something for the listeners. It, it,
0: it really is. It really is. And um, speaking as someone who actually got... Uh, a play produced last year in Brave New if there's anybody listening who is interested in playwriting and kind of even becoming a producer like you guys Brave New is like the perfect place to start really
1: unless you're not a creative writing student in which case uh...
0: well you can always volunteer right you guys <laughs> mentioned it oh, oh, on, on Brave New <laughs> dot <ca. laughs> that's <Wink>. right <laughs> yeah. At, or audition or addition. And that's again on January 22nd, and 23rd.
2: And once you do that, you'll go, you know what? I wonder if they're going to let me take that creative writing course one day so I can write my own play.
3: <laughs> well, and, and the thing about it when you were talking about yes. different topics that we're talking about for the stage reading uh, or for the, uh, for the, this radio thing, um, (laughs) is that there's so much involved in a festival. There's, it's not just auditions. Like earlier in the year, we hire directors, we Mm -hmm. hire lighting crew, we hire stage managers, assistant stage managers, volunteer backstage, volunteer ushers. Like there's so much that you can get involved, even if you're not, just because you're not writing for the course or or one of those plays, you Mm -hmm. can get involved in so many different ways.
0: And wow, you just listed so many people. And as producer, you have to get in touch with every one of them, huh? <laughs>
3: yeah, for hiring positions. <laughs> and hire them. We had 14 directors because there was mm-hmm. 10 live productions. And then uh, for the stage readings, we are bringing in four directors to each direct four plays each. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, which is- Actually, that
2: was Megan's idea. And I think it's kind of cool. They've never done it before. So the staged readings are getting a little bit more of the type of experience that the full. Because they have their own director. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask so, you about
0: that. Really, um, I saw that you guys have some designers and directors for the staged readings, and um, I don't know if that's like a a, a new thing, especially. Because you have like different lighting designers and sound d- designers for the different programs. Well, the too? program, the what way it those? works
3: for uh, Brave New is um, your pro your program was Program B last oh, year. Yep, and yeah, and so there was two nights. Uh, so the way it works is there's the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So the 23rd That's to right. the 26th in March. So on the Thursday it opens with Program A. Uh-huh. So we have a lighting designer and a sound designer and a stage manager for Program A. And, and a producer. And a producer. Um, okay. And then on the Friday uh, it will be Program B that premieres Mm -hmm. with its own crew. So for the stage readings, um, it's a little different. We have tried, for me, stage readings are close to my heart. I have a lot of experience directing them. I think it is a perfect step for you as a playwright to see how your, um, it's almost a low-risk way of seeing how your words (laughs) play to an audience um, without looking at it and being like, oh, I... Hate everything that happened on stage because you don't have to worry about people forgetting lines or like blocking or, or anything like that. You just get to see it and see how it, it can be interpreted and how it can be received uh, by the audience. So what we've done, because I, we think it's so important, mm-hmm. and some people, you know, look down on stage reading, but that's what they do in the professional world, is usually yeah. things get a stage reading first, is we've brought it also to Granville Island. Oh, yes, so, wonderful. So uh, last year they had it at uh, Playwrights Theatre Centre, about three and a half weeks before the festival. This year what we've done is create a festival. So we actually have... Um, a festival pass this year which includes the stage readings mm-hmm. as well as both program a and b so it's the weekend before uh the the full productions open we have mm-hmm. the, f- the 16 stage readings on march 19th at granville island State. studio
0: that sounds so much more kind of like integrated i know that um some of the things that um, i felt about the stage readings they were so great but because they were kind of as you mentioned a little bit apart from the uh the stage productions, I was like, Oh no, it kinda like people lose like the beat of it, you mm-hmm. know? And
2: also you, Megan's idea by the way, to bring them together. That and it yeah. makes sense in a terms of producer because yes. we have the weak Uh, rented in the theater Mm -hmm. so it makes a very efficient use of that week by putting that in there oh there you go a little (laughs) producer tip for you guys
3: and last year because there was five producers we had a lot more specialization that could happen this year me and Liesl Liesl and I we are specializing in everything but last (laughs) year what my baby was was the stage reading so I had uh four fourteen uh yeah, fourteen uh, staged readings that mm-hmm. I had to direct and dramaturge. Um, so that was like all me. We didn't have directors or anything. So coming in this year, I want to make sure that um, that the playwrights got a lot out of that experience with the stage yes. readings. And just because there was less producers, I didn't want them to lose out on that experience because it's um, it's integral to them becoming better playwrights. Right? Of it's not just a, it's not a consolation prize. It's it's like a pretty cool thing. So. For me, because that was my baby, I wanted to find a way to make it sustainable Mm -hmm. and also make people understand how important it is as an art form. Um, It's not a, yeah.
2: It's uh, cool too because, um, just to go back to an earlier point, she's put the idea of getting the staged readings to have their four directors to take care of them. When we went to uh, interview, the directors we had an embarrassment of riches
0: mm-hmm. there's so of
2: riches? many qualified people that showed uh, up for the job that we had to turn away people that were oh, qualified boy. for the job yeah. so it was I very after mean. we did two days of um of interviews and after the first day i thought we don't really have to do the second day but <laughs> we got everybody we need <laughs> and then uh, we did end up picking from both but uh, mm-hmm. so the community also likes to get involved because it is theater where mm-hmm. everybody's yeah. looking for their outlet
3: and yeah, it was a good way to get some more of those talented directors on board because my heart breaks and now <laughs> I'm too soft.
0: From, now, from what I can see now, producing is kind of like getting like the family together almost. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It really is. It's. it's I think, I'm going to be honest, I think it's like the most labor of love because let's be honest, everyone's doing their own thing. You're like, all right, all right, wrangle up, family time, family time.
2: It is. It is labor of love for sure. <laughs> Definitely labor. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> But I, I hope it's enjoyable. Label. Whatever. Oh yes, like wow. you're like ah yes, this is good work. Yes, good work.
3: I dream about it. <laughs> what happens to me? Well,
2: look at her. Doesn't she seem like a delightful partner?
3: Yes, mm-hmm.
1: I think like you both are.
3: This is just like we're like just soulmates. It's all fun.
0: <laughs> all right, then just to recap. So the brave new playwrights. It is the 31st year. Uh, stage readings are starting on March 19th. The full productions on March 23rd to the 26th. And you said there's alternate dates. So people should definitely check out the website, which we've been plugging. But just in case you might have forgotten, it is... Bravenew.ca. You really need to check it out, and our
3: ticket's on sale right now. The tickets won't be on sa- on sale until mid February. What right. we're doing this year is working out a festival pass, uh, just so that right. because like butf- and you yeah, and you'll also get a discount, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, so uh, check out that in February. Uh, the festival pass will be great because you'll get uh, into all four staged readings mm-hmm. and both programs. So oh, wow, uh, it's like an amazing yeah, uh, you get pass. to see everything. Um yeah.
2: And if you go there you'll find out auditions or what's coming up next.
0: Yes. January twenty second and the twenty third. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh just for a recap, it is on it is studio thirteen ninety eight, Granville Island. Is yes, is where the festival is. It's where the festival yeah. is. Okay. Anyways, uh thank you so much for uh joining us today, uh Lisa Lafferty and Megan Andres. You guys are both the producer and associate producer. Other way around. Um, (laughs) Anyways, and thank you so much. And we're going to talk more about Brave New Playwrights. It is so chock full of information. As you mentioned, all the things that a producer needs to do and all the people you need to contact. So many things in one play festival. Anyways, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. No problem. All right. Uh, Just so you guys know, we are going to go into a few short messages. But after that, we shall be right back with more Arts Report content. Thank you.
1: Anybody. You know I need Do you ever
3: feel uncomfortable or unsafe walking around campus at night? There's an AMS service dedicated to helping anyone trying to get across campus alone at night. We're SafeWalk and we have your back. Call us at 604-822-5355 to request a transfer or check out our website at AMS dot ubc.ca forward slash safe walk for more information on hours and policies.
4: Hello UBC.
1: Okra is UBC's newest Residence Association Council and we are thrilled to be a part of the community. Here at Orchard Commons, we value our residents, respect our community and love catering events to our first years. Our amazing views of the ocean combined with the open kitchen make us a central location at UBC. Here's to a great year. Orchard Commons, the place to be. My name is Andre and this has been brought to you by the Orchard Commons Residence Association.
0: I go lower than you? I don't know. Anyways, you're back to I the Arts shot. Report. The Arts Report. here At CATR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from unceded Musqueam territory in Vancouver. I'm your host, Ashley Park.
1: And I'm Jake Clark.
0: Jake. Jake.
1: Yes, that's me. That's you. Yes.
0: You have things. You have oh, yeah. Things.
1: So, I, I, yes, I, I have things. I had some things that I've done. So, this weekend, between uh, grappling with mildly debilitating illness and. Uh, uh, you look better. I I, I do look better. I, I, full disclosure: we uh, we meet for content on Monday, and I looked like I was on the verge of death at that time.
0: But you came back from the dead.
1: I know, I, much like Lazarus. It was really lovely. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, before that, uh, on Friday and Saturday, I did the twenty-four hour musical for the musical theater troupe.
0: Twenty-four hour musical?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's twenty-four uh, hours. So well, it wasn't actually really twenty-four hours, but okay. close to it. Like what happens is you go in on Friday at five I o'clock. Got you it. get a script. All right. And then you five rehearse o'clock. it until about ten on Friday.
0: Okay. And stay there for five hours.
1: Yep. Come back in okay. at ten on Saturday. I'm in the morning, I'm doing
0: that. I'm doing that now.
1: And then uh you rehearse it until six on Saturday and then put on the show at seven. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's crazy.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, that, it's a little demanding.
0: How uh, whoa. Like all that, in, like almost like a few days. To be
1: fair, it's a one act. It's a it's a one act. Pretty minimally staged. It is a musical.
0: But it is a musical. And every
1: time we've done uh, is a theme musical. So last year, I uh, not well. Yes, last year, but last semester properly. Okay, I might have mentioned this on the show. I was in uh, *Midsummer Night's Dream*, and I voiced. Oh, uh, I love voiced... *Midsummer*. Yeah, I, I do too. It's a great play because yeah. that was Shakespeare musical. So there was uh, *Midsummer* with okay. uh, I think it was 2015 Top 40. Okay. Uh, and I didn't actually <laughs> sing anything. Okay. Uh, I danced to *Cheerleader*, which was yes. the, the finale of it. Other songs in it were *Stitches* and *Want to Want Me*. I'm um,
0: I'm now really curious on how these music is like interleaved with the text.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's usually pretty interesting. Like, there's also Othello with 80s and uh, Julius Caesar with Taylor Swift.
0: That that sounds good.
1: That one was like a western.
0: That sounds good. I'm gonna be honest. That sounds that, good. The,
1: the Julius Caesar with Taylor Swift one was was very enjoyable.
0: It, it, it sounds like um, a weird mashup, but I'm so, like I'm into it.
1: And uh, so I, that on the but I was in Midsummer and I played yep. five six different characters, five of which were in the same scene. Wow. So I had to just switch my hat around a lot and uh-huh. put a scarf on and off like i was quince and all of the other workers except bottom <laughs> who all have like workers. one line each yeah and then i was um who was it the the feces the is flunky at the end who tells him he's planning the wedding and i, I did his voice like droopy dog like isn't uh, yes, we have the way i'm actually too congested to do it properly that's kind of that's kind of strange but uh Can
0: bring it back another time
1: maybe i'll have to mm-hmm. um Yes, yeah, like like Truman Capote, darling. Like, uh it it is your voice out like very high like this. Very high, yes. Uh but this year right in the nose. Um yep, yeah, yep, yeah, right in there. That that was how Truman Capote sounded. Yeah. I was that like that's not an inaccurate impression. He just <laughs> sounded like that. But uh this year the this year. different uh plays were now the one so the one I was in was yeah. Batman. These were Superman themed, so it was Batman uh, with well Justice League technically it was Justice League yeah. with the music of Michael Jackson. Okay. Um, and it was it's good because we didn't I actually didn't know most of the Michael Jackson songs. There was there was Speed Demon never heard of that one. I actually heard uh, Behind the, Speed the Mask Man. was one I had was going to sing along to, but yeah. we made it a uh, a sort of a karaoke thing when they realized that yeah I can't sing terribly well. <laughs> uh yeah, that bad. and then another one was um what was it? Oh yeah, Oh Bad. We did Bad oh, and then Thriller that. at the end cuz the bad. uh yeah, bad. that was fun. Bad. Like um so for that one I played uh The Riddler, Ooh.
0: Uh, Goon,
1: number one, Goon number 1 and Aquaman.
0: One. An amazing role.
1: Both Goon number 1 had more lines than Aquaman. I
0: feel so bad everyone's doing Aquaman dirty.
1: Oh, uh, then Jason Momoa is going to play him. I know. So everybody's going to be terrified. <laughs>
0: I have a question though. You said you did a Batman musical. Is that an original script?
1: This is so it's it, it is an original. Sc- these scripts are all written for the show, just oh, off I these see. precepts to put fit them in. Like I no, we, we last year we weren't doing original texts of Shakespeare. That would have not been possible. Um, <laughs> True. And in this one, it was a it was a custom story. Uh, Batman and, and the Justice League is throwing a birthday party for Wonder Woman, but it's a Halloween party because they don't want to make her feel old. And uh, uh-huh. Clark gets. Uh, if they mistakes kryptonite for de- green decorations, so he loses powers a little bit. Tries okay. to stop the Riddler, okay. who is, like, in love with Batman. Clark is also kind of in love with Batman.
0: Who is not in love with Batman?
1: Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Like, there is a, That was funny because, like, the two models I have for playing the Riddler are Frank Gorshin and Jim Carrey, both of whom are the antithesis of subtlety. So
0: <laughs> He is kind of like a... He's kind of like like a really loud character,
1: though. Jim, uh, the, the Riddler. Yes and no. Yeah,
0: the like, I mean, like loud in the yeah. present. I don't think he's like loud, loud.
1: Uh, it is it, sort of. Well, Jim Carrey just played him as loud, yeah. loud. Yeah, but that's like Jim Carrey. Jim... Frank I Gorshin, should... I like better because like Frank Gorshin is, yeah. what, is one of those people who could turn truly cheesy dialogue into just amazing art. Like <laughs> this is uh, let me see, let me see if we do. This. this is pie with sleeping cream and nuts, nuts. Nuts to you! Slaps him in the face with a pie, knocks the guy out instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That Frank Gorshin said that line with a completely straight face, and then proceeded to giggle maniacally and dance. Fantastic impressions on that man, by the way. I you look him up there on YouTube. So is his theme <laughs> song, which he recorded and got on the charts in '62. The early, late '50s, wow. early '60s was a weird year. Wow, It was a weird time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, uh, but this musical was one that I was in. Okay. Um, to get remotely back on track. Uh, and the others were, uh, Batman v. Superman.
0: Oh, yeah, With the music yeah. of
1: Justin Timberlake, which was much more watchable than the actual movie, Batman v. Superman. I'll get back did. to that in a second.
0: Like, yeah, yeah.
1: And, um, Hawkeye, the, mu- the musical about Hawkeye. Is
0: it based on the comic books about Hawkeye? Because I like those comics. There's
1: comic books. books about Hawkeye?
0: Yeah, it's called Hawkeye.
1: <laughs> okay, probably. I, it's sort of the plot of Age of Ultron. Oh,
0: okay. With uh, a farm.
1: A little bit, yeah. Oh,
0: spoilers for everybody. If you haven't seen Age of Ultron, which came out, like, how many years ago?
1: I, I don't know, a yeah. while ago. There's another Avengers movie out there already, so. Yeah,
0: really? Already?
1: Yeah, yeah, Civil War. Oh, that was oh, Captain America. Captain America. But, but yeah. it, it has all of the Avengers yeah, in it, so. I feel like
0: all these superhero movies now have all the characters, like, people want to see in it. It's not really their titular
1: well, to be fair, anymore. to be fair, if you can get Paul Bettany, Robert Downey Jr., uh, Chris Hemsworth, Chris, there's a lot of Chrises in this yeah, universe, Chris and F. Paul Rudd, and he's not, to, no, he's not Spider-Man anymore, but if you can get all of those people in one place to start with, yeah. like, and then, like, manage to get them to play these things completely straight, which they do, mm-hmm. doing pretty well. Oh, yeah, Mark is also in there, yeah, but, Yeah. yeah. Mike that, Ruffalo, that, yeah, the
0: man Buffalo, and
1: like uh, in that that one, the best thing was you know those uh, the Russian twins in that one, yeah, the yeah. one of them has telepathic powers, the other one's like super fast,
0: yeah, 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 so super Witch fast and, one, like Quicksilver.
1: Quicksilver, yeah, Quicksilver here was played by a guy named Julio Sukar, and he's just fantastic. Like he's just pure energy. Mm-hmm. Every time he was there, it was just so I enjoyable. Don't be, I don't want to mean by I didn't
0: like oh, the like, the casting for some of the characters.
1: In the twenty-four hour musical?
0: No, no, no. Like in the original. Oh, in the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, I, don't,
1: I don't like. I
0: don't like Elizabeth Olsen. I'm gonna say it's really quietly like, because everyone loves her. I don't like Elizabeth
1: Olsen. I I I, I I I I felt
0: like the guy who played Quicksilver was great. I felt like I felt like I needed a, a different actress. I I don't know. I felt like she was very pretty, and oh, she oh, she hell had some yeah, yeah. good chops. But I didn't I didn't like I didn't feel that character. I would have like like felt a different character for her. I don't know.
1: Maybe she, I uh.
0: She felt more like an X Men hero to me. Oh, yes,
1: she she does. Right? Well, well, they are Magneto's children. <laughs>
0: I know, but she felt Which they more... do make a joke,
1: They did make a joke about in the musical. Yeah, they're like, oh. they're Magneto's children. <laughs> no, 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 they don't have the rights yet. Oh, oh no, 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 that, that like,
0: belongs to that the belongs
1: joke to was um, that Hawkeye though the Justice League tries to make him uh, that Avengers. Yeah, sorry, Justice tries League to. DC make him seem useful Uh so they all fake dad's like we've been hit by balloon man and hulk is like vaguely holding up a balloon with a face drawn on it
0: Uh
1: and he 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 shoots it and then he's like oh he saved us and then tony comes in he's like so operation make hawkeye feel better is a go is like we already did it oh you guys went with that yeah, and it turns out that's why he created Ultron in the in the play is like I see. I like, see. Like yeah, I made Ultron to do that like which okay, uh, Ultron made made so little sense to me in that movie but I know, right? he was played by James Spader who can make anything make sense. So that was that was good.
0: I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes, you know,
1: and uh, acting can
0: only go so far. Anyways, let's go back to the In the 24 Hour Musical Ultron and
1: Thor were played by the same person. That's really? pretty good, yeah. That's
0: interesting. So I have um, a question. You guys, it's like an original script that you mentioned. Is it done in those 24 hours, or is that prepared no, no, in No, no, it is
1: prepared in advance, gotcha. and it's edited down usually for time because they're only 20 minutes long. The Batman v Superman script was a little longer, which I assume was in keeping with the movie because that movie was very long. That script was, uh, that one was also, that one was uh, pretty enjoyable as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. because uh, it was, that one was a lot more talky.
0: Okay. Got I'd say it.
1: A big on back and forth. Guy playing Lex Luthor, Travis, was the real highlight. He had, this, he had excellent comic timing. Mm-hmm. That one was uh, though it was Mercy um, Mercy Mercy Graves because it's about Lex Luthor's. Uh, she's Lex Luthor's secretary who yeah. in Batman v Superman has no lines and dies, uh, uh, but who's like appara- is, is a more apparently more influential. Character in the books, yeah, and in this one, she uh, like this is not the same exact thing. It does of make course. fun of Batman v Superman, which mm. you have to do. It is a badly written movie.
0: Oh, uh, Snyder!
1: Um, yes, uh, Snyder. yes, exactly. Uh, Christine and I actually had a conversation about that when we saw the Phantom Detective. <laughs> Why? Oh, it was visually really similar to a Zack Snyder uh, movie. like all
0: the slow-mo and, like, the moments Yeah,
1: it, it, Watchmen, sort of, yeah, which was, like, the good Zack Snyder movie. Yeah. But, uh, uh, like, yeah, we, we we got talking about that He Superman. loves cinematography. He does, more uh, than screenplay. literally anything else.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but in this, so, like, this one just has Lex Luthor. The movie was trying to make him into, like, a Joker character. Oh, okay. Really, obviously. This one just has him, like, uh, just plays him as, like, a sort of bumbling rich guy. Mm-hmm. Like, just sort of, like, he's like, get my harpoon gun. I'm going to the petting zoo.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: like, just, just that, just so clueless about what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And then it's like Batman and Superman, they end up knocked down in a room together Yep. And, to try and kill them, get them to kill each other. And they said, you can't just, Superman tries to open the door and Batman goes, no, don't open the door. All yep. right. And he's like, why? You don't open the door when it's locked. It uh, says Alfred says you never interrupt butler alone time and then just the, that's where the argument starts yeah. which is about the same as how the argument starts like not the same but the argument in the movie is equally contrived yeah and then Wonder Woman shows up and is the most competent character also like in the movie which does make sense because she's the only because she's not one of the two dumbest men on the planet yeah <laughs> which is,
0: oh poor Wonder Woman yeah she, she she just so she
1: has, Doomsday 2 is in this one and is uh they played her with um played Doomsday just in a cow onesie. Okay. Uh, and the, uh, that was that was fun and Mercy kills him with a harpoon.
0: And it's, was this directed by a student, or do you all guys of all these did guys all do collaborate? Are
1: directed by members of MTT.
0: Okay, um, and, and the,
1: usually the people who wrote the script.
0: MTT is musical theater troupe. Musical theater troupe is that a UBC thing? It
1: is. It is a UBC club. They're affiliated also with the Players Club, which is the oldest club on campus. It and is the, the oldest
0: club on campus. Yeah,
1: and uh, has the Festival Dionysia coming up soon. Yeah, but, uh, I
0: actually was. I actually was a member of the Players Club. I wanted to like keep on doing it, but I'm now like I'm doing other things. Oh boy, like other people. Who can do all those things. That's amazing. How do,
1: you, how do you join? you mind telling me after the show?
0: Well, of <laughs> course. Well, you just...
1: Actually, just tell me right now. Yeah, actually.
0: why don't I just tell everyone right now? Well, you can tell us how you can join MTT then.
1: I actually don't really know. I assume it's the same practice. Well, okay. I, so basically, the 24-Hour Musical is sort of how you join MTT. Yep. Uh, You show up to that and you pay... You, you become a member of MTT when you do the 24-Hour Musical because you I have see. to pay a membership fee for liability. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um. You know, to case. be a
0: Players Club member, usually mm-hmm. what they do is they have a pretty updated website. They tell you when their next uh, meeting is. Really? If not, you can always contact them through email and ask, he when's your next um, uh, meeting. Because in these meetings, sometimes they do play readings.
1: Really? Which that's, is a highlight of my first year. It's uh, very interesting. Yeah, you, uh, you sit
0: around, you read a play, everyone takes a role, everyone has so much fun. They have the script projected onto a screen and... If you are, like, um, really, like, I want to do stuff for Festival Dionysia, they they allow you to, um, if you have, of course, you need to send a resume. But um, you can be a director, you can be an actor, you can be all those things.
1: Now, what has to be on that resume, exactly?
0: Well, I I don't know. It depends on what you're applying for for Festival Dionysia.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting, because I don't know. Like we, we're already we're throwing a lot of acting things out here right now. Like we, we always said like we are. you got you got uh, what the um. The, brave new. I I don't know why I drew a blank there. Yep. I kept thinking pull and then push and, and then, then push
0: like, festival. Yeah, happening. Yeah, like, that's like, we, that's really we, we got brave though. brave
1: new out yep. there. Um,
0: we also have the uh, Players Club.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, and uh, like the so for for that festival, Dining, like we got a lot of people memorizing monologues, you know. Oh boy, yeah. Which you know what? If you want a good, interesting new monologue, check out Doomhead's monologue from the opening of Rob Zombie's Thirty One. It's the best thing about that movie. <laughs> I really wish that guy was the Joker in Suicide Squad. I really do. Pret- He's pretty scary. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm pretending that Suicide Squad doesn't exist.
1: <laughs> oh, that was that was more watchable than Batman V. I saw. So I've seen. The saddest thing is I've seen all of Zack Snyder's DC movies in the theater, which means I'm giving him money. Yeah. Because every time I keep thinking they're going to be better, like... I saw Man of Steel and I was like bile spittingly mad afterwards, which it, was just really it didn't dumb. help that I saw it in three D. Wasn't
0: Russell Crowe in that
1: movie? Yes, he was. I liked him in that movie. because yeah. I like Russell Crowe, but don't see that movie in three D. It's too fast. It's too choppy. It's like drilling into your head. Oh boy.
2: Um,
1: I didn't. I so I I, I saw Batman v Superman normal screening, which yep, yep. is good. But I like I went to Batman v Superman. And I'm like, okay, people look like this is might be kind of a train wreck. And I went to see this with my buddy. I'm like. What if we're the only two people who love this movie? Uh-oh. We were not. Okay. We were very much not. Um okay. it it what didn't make me as mad as Man of Steel did. And Suicide Squad was okay. Like it, <laughs> there was a certain point in the movie where you could tell every single thing that was going to happen.
0: Yeah, and you just kind of like but, eh, my interest dropped.
1: Yeah, but still like Will Smith, very charismatic. Margot yeah. Robbie, very charismatic. I didn't ever know I was going to say this, but Jai Courtney was really good in that movie. <laughs> like, I never thought that sentence would escape my lips since I saw Divergent.
0: Right right here. It's, it's already escaping. It's already running for the hills.
1: Where he, where he, like, I remember Jai Courtney was in Divergent and he looked like, I remember I was like, looking at that guy. I looked at yeah. my friend and I'm like, that guy looks like he gets off work, goes home. Makes some, makes some like some some nachos in the in the microwave or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. sits down and listens to a lot of Dane Cook. <laughs> I, I think I read that <laughs> on a review beforehand, yeah. but like, yeah. like, but
0: that's very apt, yeah. Like, I was like, j-cording.
1: but but yeah, he was a good captain boomerang. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, like, but yeah, like Jared Leto was the Joker. I just wondered why he was talking like that, like this sh- looks sh- neat. Do like, he wanted
0: to kind of like. Ledger it?
1: Well, no, I, he I think really? he was going for that. I yeah. also think it was because of the grill on his teeth was destroying his addiction.
0: Oh, yeah. Because yeah.
1: I, when I had braces for a while, like, the first month of having braces to yep. see a sound kind of like that, I was like, they put that grill on you for the entire movie, didn't they?
0: I have to admit, I still kind of feel like, because I have my, I have, like, the retainers that they drill into your mouth oh "Oh, yeah just just stay there forever i'm like ah boy am i am i like lidoing it
1: yeah no no thank you not at all no but like that's that's like the grill though they had the really big silver one you know like that's going to make you talk kind of funny especially if he's only had it recently like true honestly they cut so much out of it it's hard to gauge but i didn't think it was that bad (laughs) i didn't think it was good i didn't think it was that bad it's like the Ghostbusters movie. I didn't think it was good. I didn't think it was bad. Mm-hmm. Which is two things the internet cannot handle. Suicide Squad, just okay. Yeah. Ghostbusters, just, just okay. okay.
0: Yeah, people go a little, like, ballistic. Yes. They're like, Jake, Suicide Squad is so terrible. Oh, Jerlito. Or they go, Jake, what? Ghostbusters was the most phenomenal thing I've seen my entire life. And I'm like, it's a chill, chill. It's okay, The action movie, comedy movie. Or
1: the exact opposite, because I'm pretty sure the people who gave Suicide Squad a five-star review are also the people who gave Ghostbusters, who spam the Ghostbusters comment section and vice versa.
0: I just feel like people just need to chill. Like, you don't have to, like, an extreme opinion.
1: Yes. Yeah, very much so. Like, none of the Zack Snyder movies kind of warrant an extreme opinion because they're well-made. They're just... Very not oh. well written.
0: Oh gosh! Like I meant, like you mentioned before, he loves cinematography. Yes,
1: he does. He's very good at that. Yeah. Like, there's good parts to them. Like, this might just be because I turned 19 while watching the, fan, the while watching Fantastic Four stick the Miles Teller Fantastic Four movie. Okay. So my barometer for disappointment is pretty. I I can't believe
0: you watched that one. Yeah. Even I was like, oh, I'm not even going to watch it on like. DVD or whatever.
1: Well, it's like, that That movie was just so sad, it was hard to be angry at. Like, I was angry at Man of Steel because I thought it was so deliberately, like, just... Well, honestly, it sounded like a, a yep. 14-year-old boy who just read The Fountainhead wrote it. Yep. Which, I don't have any patience for that. I've, I have, I have have for various reasons, read more in-ran than anybody should in their lifetime, and it's just oh, legitimately boy. terrible stuff.
0: Yeah, but
1: uh, Zack Snyder is into it. He said that he wants to make the Fountainhead at some point, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he actually cares because it, it, the, the the thing about that, though, is that I, I, I didn't think that they warranted any any like anger because there's good things. Like, the, the thing is, I'm probably going to see the Justice League movie. I really want to see the standalone Affleck Batman yeah. movie because, like, he reminds me of Michael Keaton as Batman and that Batman just kills a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> like, I
0: thought Batman never killed. That was, like, his thing. Like, he didn't, like, always take people's guns. Like, seen ba- and he's he, like, hey, you, I gotta do the voice, too. Uh, we don't have to. send you to
1: Gotham jail. or Whatever. You see 89, yeah. Batman, when he just drops a guy off a four-story balcony, like... He had, he it, had a reason. It's okay. He'll probably learn to walk again. <laughs> like, Superman... Like, on the path of
4: justice.
1: Yeah, like, just, just, like, like that's, that's the funniest thing about, like... like the Nolan movie, like Batman, doesn't kill people. Like, yeah, yeah, dude, he kind of does. He did a lot because <laughs> he just does that a lot. Just you don't see them die, it, and, and, and like, <laughs> and, like the the Batman movie, Superman too. Yeah, like, there's yeah. it's a dream sequence, but Affleck's just shooting people. <laughs> the and uh, Jeremy Irons is Alfred, too. Like, I love Jeremy Irons. Gal Gadot is good as Wonder Woman, you know? Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff. And Ezra Miller is going to be the Flash. I am so excited for that. Ezra because Ezra
0: Miller, interesting kick. He's one of my
1: favorite young actors yeah. right now. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I really like Ezra Miller. I think he's really charismatic. And I think that if they, unless they really unless they do the same thing to the script of the flash they did the script of suicide squad and just kill every joke like that's there mm-hmm. um, if unless they do that he'll be able to carry it single-handedly
0: yeah i feel so too i feel like he i feel like he'll be able to do it he's,
1: cuz he's 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 really good he's got very good comic timing uh, I, and I, I really hope they don't, make, they, they don't just make his character obnoxious, which well, is kind of what the Justice League trailer seems well, like they're going to do. Well,
0: you know, if people are like, well, I don't want to watch that kind of thing. I want to watch some wonderful local stuff. Well, Yes, if
1: we want to get back on the topic of local theater, about as far away from which I've meandered without getting into the medium of gaming. Actually, I could meander farther away from that because the m- MTT is doing the Portal 2 musical.
0: Oh my God! Really? Yes. Oh, you saw. You saw my eyes just light up right here. And oh there. yes, because
1: I don't game a lot, but uh, a friend of mine recommended Portal. Portal to me, and I literally just installed it very recently. Portal and Two. I haven't. I haven't played Portal Two at all, but I. Okay, okay, I
0: won't. I won't spoil
1: it. I do know Cave Johnson's monologue because I've used that again. Another good audition monologue. Cave Johnson. The lemons, you know. Yeah. I will invent a combustible lemon that burns your house down.
0: Oh, Mr. Johnson. Calm
1: down. Me doing <laughs> came Johnson is probably as Richard Nixon because that's what I turn into when I do that monologue. But uh, <laughs> the Portal 2 musical is coming to the Rio Theater. I think um later this month. Yeah, I think oh, really? 22nd. Yeah, courtesy oh my of MTT. Gosh.
0: that sounds so cool. Yes. I'm writing this down. Portal
1: yeah. musical. I-, I think around the 22nd. I would I would check on that. Uh, but th- this is yeah, MTT's doing this. And the tickets are twenty two if you order in advance. Yeah. Uh, twenty five at the door.
0: That's it's, not too bad. Twenty five at the door considering like this. I would still like I wanna save three bucks though, I would order in advance. That's something like that's gonna sell out really fast.
1: Yeah, it's 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 you know, yeah. Like it's I'm really interested in it because theater is a very old medium. Yeah. It's one of the theater and lyric verse, poetry, whatever you want to say, like singing technically, I guess, are probably the oldest mediums of expression we still use Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in some way or another because the novel is fairly recent.
0: Yeah, novels, not really. Serials, not even.
1: Yeah. Um, And... Uh, then you have ga- and film is comparatively very young. Film is only about a hundred years old, yep. and gaming is what would you say about maybe? Gaming is uh, forty years old. Yeah,
0: forty years old,
1: 1960s-ish. Maybe like, like
0: I, electronic gaming. Of course, we're not talking about like good old like ball and stick.
1: Yeah, good old good old ball and stick, or like you know, you know. Oh, back in the old days, we didn't we didn't have any we didn't even have a basketball hoop. We just had a buddy Junebug hold his arms out like this, and we didn't have basketball, so we just used a brick. Now naturally Junebug went home a little confused when we missed the hoop, but it was all in good fun.
0: Junebug's Bug's okay now.
1: Actually, no, he's not. He, he he occasionally just starts singing Mac the knife and rants at invisible people. But uh that's 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 what happens, you know. That brick might have bounced off his head a couple of hours. Better than my cousin. Times. Anyways. Uh, but uh, gaming is so a new media, so much of a new medium, and it's if Uwe Boll has taught us anything, it doesn't transfer well to film at all. Or you know, maybe <sighs> oh, it does. Oh, God.
0: Assassin's Creed movie? What was that?
1: I actually liked that one.
0: Really? It was fun. My friend who loves Assassin's Creed was like, it was a hot mess, but. It- and um, that even like, was it was a fast Yes. That fast could not even save. But anyway. Well,
1: d- 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 yeah, I, I disagree. I think you I think did Uh-oh. a pretty good job of it. Oh,
0: I should, I should bring her in. You guys should be like, maybe. Let's, let's I've never played the game.
1: But yeah, Portal 2 musical. I really want to see how they're going to do that because transferring that medium is going to be very interesting.
0: What's also very interesting is how they're going to transfer other mediums. I'm trying to like segue, it's not working. Basically, January 19th, February 4th, you have. Love and Information.
1: Yes. I'm looking um, – I'm very psyched for that. It's
0: going to be really great by Carol Churchill. And it's directed by a final year MFA directing student at UBC, Lauren Taylor. This is January 19th, <coughs> February 4th, at uh, UBC Theater and Film. It's going to be really interesting, especially with Carol Churchill's works.
1: Yeah. That's uh, – now, I don't actually know what Love and Information is about. Yep. And I'm, I've re- kind of refrained from figuring it out because yep. – I, uh, I I've seen the Facebook notifications for it, like yeah. the different segments, what they're called. Like, so I, I I've been kind of slowly extrapolating, but I want to see how this plays out because it looks like a collection of vignettes. Yeah,
0: it's gonna be kind of interesting. I wonder if it's, they're gonna. Um, I, I wonder how they're gonna stage it. Like, we can see like a a promo picture, and it looks like they're watching a an old school telly, and there are a group of people yeah. wearing party hats.
1: Like um. Yeah, it's like I, I've seen so many promo pictures of this. I still have no idea how that they're gonna play, going ma- make this play out, which is pretty mm-hmm,
0: good. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the, the which, joy of seeing plates, too. What
1: I, which I will say about the Beckett sixteen, like okay. I, I saw the one promo picture for that. I'm like, okay, I kind of have a pretty solid idea. It of how was kind
0: of like stage, that,
1: like these things. I, I, I still didn't know how they were gonna stage breathe, but that plays twenty six seconds long. Like, mm-hmm. and it's, that's
0: gonna be really interesting. Yeah,
1: breathe. Uh, I didn't, no, 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 I oh. was
0: talking about. I was talking about love and love and information.
1: Well, those three things are always interesting.
0: Mm -hmm. I I like to breathe. I felt like, ooh, calm.
1: It's 23 seconds and a breath.
0: It was so calming for me.
1: It's Uh, It's like if you went into Urban Outfitters and they had a brown paper bag. It's like vintage lunchbox, $40.
0: I don't think so. I think it's a little different than that. Really. I don't think you have to buy into it. I think you can just let it be whatever the breath is supposed to mean for Well, the funny
1: thing is that was Samuel Beckett's last play, right? Yeah. So you could say that's his last breath. Maybe. But i yeah, yeah not, 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 not even really.
0: <laughs> anyway, another really cool thing that's happening, if people don't know, is that there's going to be a Vancouver Short Film Festival that's happening near the end of uh, January. And also the, uh, the uh, Cinephone... Uh, Sinophone, I think it's Sinophone. Sinophone play uh, readings that are going to be happening, and this is actually in conjunction with Sinophone Young Playwrights, which was a uh, competition in which they had people who wrote plays in um, any like Chinese language. From what I understand, hmm. I could be mistaken. If I am, please do correct me. Send me an email at artsatr.ca so that we always give you the most correct information that we can give you. But that's really interesting. It's actually um, going to be happening on, starting on the 25th. And uh, these are readings of modern Chinese plays written by, uh, I think, like young adults. Huh? That's okay. really cool. So that's,
1: and are these, these readings are, I presume, in Chinese?
0: Um, no, they will be in oh, English. Oh, they're, they're
1: translated, okay. Only so. one
0: will have a bilingual aspect. And uh, the, plays, the plays are called, let me remember, one of them was like, Holy Crab... Yeah, holy crap. <laughs> the other one is, like, I is think that, it's That's intentional? I think it's intentional. I think the other one's like, dirt, Dirty pause or how to, um, how to direct, direct something? I don't know. I need to get... Well, good thing is I'm going to actually have these directors, like, come on to our show oh, later terrific. on uh, this month so you guys can know more about it. And the last one is Fauci the Fist, and that's with FaceTime Drama. So that one's getting both an English and Chinese um, kind of, like, performance. I'm actually oh, in Bouncy the Fist, and this one I actually do talk about. <laughs> so yeah, I'm in Bouncy the Fist, which is gonna be really interesting.
1: All right.
0: All right.
1: All right. All right. All right. We're
0: both doing stuff. And
1: so, so you're in it as in your.
0: I'm doing the reading for it.
1: Okay. That'll be
0: the one in English.
1: Hey. Okay. Cool.
0: Mm-hmm. And it'll be very interesting, especially because these are voices we normally don't hear much. This is the first time that they are actually putting these readings uh, for us. And it's going to be very interesting. I hope people do check it out. We'll have more information in our upcoming shows.
1: Excellent. All right. All right.
0: So we have a few uh, kind of uh, little PSAs for y'all before we finish with a little bit of a uh, book review by our lovely Christine Kim, who could not be here, but we miss her so much. As we do. As we do. We do. We really do. But, yeah, just stay tuned. This is a little longer episode, but it's all good.
1: Ever had a hankering to ski the world-famous slopes of Whistler? Boy, do we have great news for you. Escape the city in one of Zipcar's many mountain-ready vehicles. Plus, get $30 back in free driving credit when you tweet a selfie on the slopes at ZipcarBC.
4: Zipcar. Wheels when you want them. By the way, this is somebody's favorite show. Hi, Dan Shakespeare here. You know for most of the stuff that I play you probably think that I'm much older but you know what most of you are probably way off because I'm only 23 years old tune in to The Shakespeare Show between noon and 1pm on Wednesdays It's songs from before the 1920s to alternative stuff today plus jokes and riddles all sorts of fun stuff just put put any of it on your iTunes if you need to pretty soon it'll be coming out on it'll be coming out on albums my name is Christine Kim, and this is a special Arts Report book review. Books, books, books. So, I read this novel over the Christmas break. Actually, I read it cover to cover on the four-hour flight I had over to Puerto Vallarta from Vancouver. The novel that I read is called The Performance and is written by author Anne Erickson. It is a book about an extremely talented pianist named Hannah Knight, who who becomes discovered as a musical talent by a wealthy patron living in New York City her climb to classical music fame and renown takes an odd turn when Hannah begins to notice a particular homeless woman that shows up to her concerts. The homeless woman is named Jacqueline and seems to know quite a lot about the classical music genre. And Hannah. As the mystery behind this woman unravels, so does the pent-up secrets about Hannah's family and especially her father. Trying to correct past wrongs that were never hers to correct becomes Hannah's mission and her goal, even at the expense of giving up pursuit of her dreams as a famous pianist. I liked how all the characters in this novel, from Hannah to her sister to her patron, were relatable in some way, shape, or form. I didn't find anyone insufferable to read about and enjoyed reading about the humanity in them all. I think the message of this book centered around the theme of mending torn relations and correcting past wrongs, even when they're not directly yours to correct. The way Hannah persistently pursued Jacqueline, despite the woman's evasive mannerisms, and tracked down Jacqueline's son despite his understandable animosity to her, eventually both resulted in healing. Now, beyond the character growth of Hannah Knight, the pianist, the novel made a few touching remarks about homelessness in general that I thought worth sharing. When Hannah goes to visit Jacqueline at the Goddard Riverside Community Center, she comes across an outreach manager by the name Faith Mendez. Here's a small excerpt of their conversation. She chooses to be homeless. Faith hesitated, as if considering her words carefully. I don't believe anyone chooses such a hard life. Let's say people choose not to accept the type of help offered. What do you mean? They don't want to end up in the shelter system. Others have no documents and fear will have them deported. Many are mentally ill and paranoid or have legal issues. I could go on. I nodded, wondering if Jacqueline fit any of those categories. Is there any way to help her? She's an independent adult, intelligent, educated. She never makes trouble. We've tried for months to coax her into our programs, but we can't force her. She's one of 900 people who sleep rough in Manhattan alone. We can only put so much effort into one person. My face must have shown my shock at the number she quoted. Honey, you think that's bad? She said, over 40,000 people use New York shelters every night, most of them families, close to half children. So that was the excerpt from the performance. The author, Anne Erickson, did a great job in writing a heartfelt story that didn't gloss over the realities of homelessness or the oftentimes difficult path to forgiveness. I would strongly recommend this book, which was actually published just last year in October. For more information on the book or the author, who has written four other previous novels, please do visit the website www.annerickson.ca. And for any of you guys wondering how to spell Anne Erickson, it's A N N Erickson E R I K. -K 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 S-S-O-N. Thanks for listening and tune in again for another Arts Report book review.